Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Also, if you want updates texted to your phone about what's going on here at Journey Church, please text the phrase, My Journey to 94000. As we get ready for today's message, take a minute and share this video with someone. The small action of sharing this video on social media could be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Lately I've been reeling, watching the nightly news. Don't seem to find the rhythm, just want to sing the blues. Feels like a song that never stops. Feels like it's never gonna. Gotta get that five, five back in my phone. Was that last song, Graves to Gardens, is that not an incredible song? I mean, just the lyrics, just the power in the lyrics is so unbelievable. You can clap it up. You can give God praise on that. I'm just telling you, it's just an incredible song. But that's why we get to have joy. That's why we get to be able to have joy in the midst of circumstances. I mean, even if you look at what it's saying lyrically, you know, he turns seas into highways, man. I mean, the parting of the Red Sea, you know, bones into armies. God can do anything. God is able to do anything and everything. And, man, just he changes things. God changes everything. And so, man, we are so glad you guys are here. We're choosing joy. That's what we're in. This is our series. We're choosing joy. If you're joining us online, man, we're so glad that you're a part of the services today. And God is, man, he is at work. Anybody have a good Thanksgiving? Everybody have a great Thanksgiving? Hopefully you did. Man, it was good. It was good just to have my, my, my boys uh, together. All of them in the same house was kind of cool. One of them's on the road headed back now. But it was great just to have them together. And it's always good to do that. But, you know, getting family together can be a tough tough time sometimes. It can be a great thing, but it can be a tough thing, right? Depends on how those relationships are. And, you know, but the thing is, is we have to choose joy. And hopefully, hopefully you have said, you know what, throughout this series, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose joy. Uh, I love one of the things that uh, Pastor West said uh, this past week. He said, I'm, I want to work at being as thankful every day as I am this day, as he was talking about Thanksgiving. And so that's something we need to work at, is choosing joy, choosing to be thankful, and choosing to focus on the right things and those things that matter the most. And so we've been in this series on Choose Joy. Today we're going to talk about His Peace. And uh, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. He is writing to them, and he's constantly encouraging them, you know, hey, listen, guys, man, I want you to be filled with joy. I want you to be, you know, joyful. And he's telling us, hey, listen, man, it's not, a, it's not really an option He's telling us that, hey, I want you to, I want you to choose joy. So that has to be something that we make a decision to do every day. We've got to choose joy. And so peace is something that everybody wants. I mean, all of us in this room would like to have peace, right? I mean, we don't like the chaos. We don't like, you know, 2020 is one of those years whenever, if there's ever a time whenever somebody said, hey, listen, man, I would like to have peace. 2020 is when you want it. We would love to see peace. We would love to have peace. And Paul is going to tell you and I 
in Scripture how we can have peace, how we can walk in peace, how we can experience God's peace. And so let's kind of unpack a little bit of this today. But his peace is, is, is so important. So Paul gives us words of encouragement. Hopefully, like, you know, you, sometimes I just need some words of encouragement. There's times you feel like you've blown it. Sometimes you don't feel like you're doing a really good job. And someone will speak a word of encouragement. And it's just like a wind in your sails, right? And so Paul is doing this to the church. He's giving them words of encouragement. And hopefully words of encouragement, they spur us on. That's what the Bible teaches. Say, hey, encourage one another. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And so maybe today you need some encouragement. How, you, number one, you can, you can have peace with God. How you can, you can live with peace in the midst of some, what seems like chaos around us. We can have peace. So Paul gives these incredible words of encouragement. And so let's read here in Philippians. He says, Now I appeal to Yodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Let me just say this. He's saying here, let's, hey, let's get things, uh, you know, let's kind of get to the, the meat of the matter right off the bat. He starts off the letter or this, this chapter saying, hey, listen, you've got to deal with this issue. They've got a disagreement, and this disagreement is causing a division between the two of them and maybe even in the church. And so what Paul is saying, hey, listen, you've got to deal with this. And, and he's saying, hey, listen, I appeal to you guys, because you belong to the Lord, in other words, because you're a believer, because you're a follower of Christ, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, we don't know who the true partner is here, but he's asking this true partner to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. He said, hey, listen, these guys made a difference, and so I want you to help them. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are written in the book of life. And so Paul is saying here, because you belong to Jesus, because you belong to Jesus, live like it. Because you belong to the Lord, live like it. And, and he's saying to these two ladies, hey, listen, let's put aside your differences. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff is awesome when we can get our families together and we Maybe you kind of gather around the table and you're holding hands and you're looking around and you realize, you know what, you got our kids together, our grandkids together, our family together, and it's, it's something to be thankful for. But it can also be a time of tension because maybe there's some unresolved issues in those relationships. Maybe there's some bitterness, there's some anger, some resentment. And maybe the fact that they're even coming begins to get you worked up and you get frustrated. Maybe you begin to worry. You worry about what they're going to say. You worry about what you're, what you're going to say and how you're going to react and how you're going to respond. But, but what Paul is saying here, if you're a believer, live like it. Live like one who has chosen to forgive. If Jesus has forgiven you, we're to quickly and thoroughly forgive just as he's forgiven us, right? So we're to forgive people. And, and too often what we do is we go through life and we, we, you know, we struggle with even just family get-togethers because of tensions. Maybe it's with your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle. Maybe it's a brother or a sister. Maybe, I don't know what it might be. It could be a cousin, relative, whatever. But the thing is, is we've got to be willing to say, hey, listen, Lord, help me to live like I am forgiven by forgiving others. Now, help me to do that. And so Paul is appealing to these two ladies, hey, listen, settle your differences. And hey, listen, and if you need to help her... Hey, listen, man, help them get this, this worked out. And so in order, to have, in order to have joy, you have to get the junk out of the way. So Paul is dealing with it right off the bat. He said, hey, listen, man, if you really want to have joy, if you really want to have peace, you've got to deal with some of the junk that's there. And a lot of us, you know, maybe you're, you're kind of like this. You want to avoid things. I'll just avoid it. And we'll avoid it. We'll act like it's not really happening. We'll act like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not in the room. It's the elephant in the room. And we just kind of walk around it. But the thing is, sometimes you've got to deal with it. 
And, and I think for, for all of us, in, in order to have joy, you have to deal with some of the junk, some of the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, you know, that we're toting around towards somebody. And, and let me just tell you, there's times it could even be someone who has already breathed their last breath. They've already died and they've gone on and we're still bitter, angry and resentment towards them. We're carrying that around. We're carrying all that and they're already dead. I mean, they've already breathed their last. Why are we still toting this around? So sometimes we've got to go back and we've got to get this out. We've got to unpack some things. We've got to get healthy. Sometimes it's like, you know, a wound or something. Sometimes you have to clean that wound up so that it can get healthy. And we've been wounded emotionally, relationally, whatever. We've got to be willing to say, God, you know, I need you to help me heal in this way. And so that may be going to see a counselor. It may be going to sit down with someone and talking through, you know, the issues with them, unpacking some things. And, and so here's the next one. It says this. It says, in order to have joy, we sometimes need help. Sometimes we need somebody to help us. We want to have joy. We want to be able to choose joy. We want to be able to have hope. We want to be able to have peace. But there are times we need help. And maybe that's going to a Christian counselor who sits down with you and helps you kind of unpack some of you know the wounds that you have and, and then gives you some tools that will help you begin to make good decisions and healthy decisions and good relationship decisions moving forward. You know, in a, in a marriage situation, there are times whenever, you know, you just get stuck and you need a little help. And you need someone to sit down to kind of mediate or to give an outside perspective, and it can go a long way. So I would encourage you, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking back on Thanksgiving or maybe even on Christmas is coming, and you're thinking about a relationship strain that is not getting any better. And what Paul would say, hey, settle it. Let's get it out on the table. Let's deal with it. Let's get healthy. And let's, hey, let's handle it in a way that honors God. And so I think it's important for us to, to realize, you know what, there's things that need to take place. If I really want to have joy, I gotta, I gotta exchange some of this garbage inside of me for the, for the good stuff. I've gotta get rid of this junk and get the good stuff that God is offering, like hope and peace and joy, the fruits of the Spirit, and get rid of some of the stuff that is the fruits of the flesh. And so we've gotta be willing to do that exchange. Look at what it says here. This next part, it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. Remember, we've talked about this. And whenever he says this, it's kind of like the Old Testament, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you, whenever we were singing that last song, I could hear people in here shouting. I was shouting backstage going, you know, God, there's nothing better than Jesus. I mean, when you kind of get your mind around, you go, there's nothing better. There's nothing like him. You know, I mean, he, he changes things. And, and man, whenever you, whenever you know that and you worship him in that way, that's a big deal. But here's what I would say. It's hard to worship him with our whole heart if we're toting around some of the garbage that Paul just addressed in relationships. He says, hey, before you come up here and worship and you know that your brother's got an issue with you, you go to him. And so he's telling us in Scripture, hey, listen, if, if you've got an issue with someone, don't come up in here worshiping. Don't bring your sacrifice to the altar. Go make right with that person and then come back and then you can worship with your whole heart. But if we've got parts of our heart that, man, are really wicked and wounded and all this stuff that's keeping us men able to worship God with everything that's in us, Paul is saying, hey, listen, go deal with that first. But then he says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. He said, man, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. He said, listen, how you live is important. Let people see that you've been changed, you've been transformed, that they're, you're considerate, you're kind. You're looking, you're taking their interest into mine. And he said, man, remember the Lord is coming soon. This is a big deal. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Now let's pause there for a second. How many of you guys really 
could say, man, I live out that passage every day. We don't worry about anything. We pray about everything. But that's what Paul is saying. Hey, I need you to not worry. This is kind of a command he's given. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Here's God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. In other words, we can't get our mind around it. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so as we put our faith in Christ, you know, we, we realize, you know what, God begins to guard us and protect us in our minds. Now, there may be some of you, maybe you're the worry wart. You know, you, you worry and you fret and you get anxious. And let me tell you, that, these passages right here, I have probably shared these passages with people more than probably any other passage, even more so than like John three sixteen or something like that. Because there's so many people that worry and they, they become anxious and they're, they're fretting over things. And what Paul is saying here, hey, listen, don't do that. Paul gives us a command. He, he commands us not to be anxious. He says, don't do this. It's a directive. It's not an option. And he said, hey, listen, man, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, don't be anxious. He said, listen, that's off limits. You can't go there. You've got, you, you've got to say, hey, listen, know that. Just like we choose joy, that's a directive. We choose joy. He said, hey, listen, take that off the plate that I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. Because whenever you do, it shows you that you are putting your hope and your trust in something that is unstable rather than something that can change anything. Your hope and your trust is in something that is shaky rather than the God of the universe. And so we've got to be able to say, God, help me to not do that. And I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be a worry, a worry ward. I don't want to do these things. I want to fret over things. So Paul commands, and he also says this. He says, pray about everything. Do we pray about everything? You know, there's times that we, we say, well, there's certain things that we pray for. Maybe you gathered around the table, and you have this big smorgasbord for Thanksgiving. You say, hey, who's going to say the prayer? Maybe it's a special well, you know, person that gets to do it. Maybe it's grandfather, grandmother, mom, dad, whoever. But somebody's going to say that prayer. But the thing is, he says, hey, listen, we ought to pray all the time. Over everything. A friend of mine, Dan Greer, posted something this past week about, you know, maybe we need to, you know, be intentional with our prayer. But, but prayer ought to be like breathing was my statement, where prayer is like breathing. It's part of the vision of Journey Church is that where, you know, we will be a church that is a praying church. Where prayer is like breathing. Where we are, you know, when some, we see someone going through a tough time, we pray for them. You know, one of the things I ask the, the children's ministry to do is whenever a family comes in and they bring their kids, if the, if the teachers and the leaders in those rooms would just begin to pray for them, they don't have to come over and lay hands on them or, you know, and say, hey, everybody gather around and lay hands on them. But what we do is we say, hey, listen, whenever you're dropping those kids off, we begin to pray for them that, that mom and dad will be able to come over here to the service, be able to maybe relax and feel like, you know what, my kid's in good hands. And then hear the gospel or maybe be able to worship in truth and in spirit and be able to have an experience over here that they go, you know what, man, I needed this. God met with me today. And so those teachers over there praying over you as you drop off your kids, and then they pray over your kids that your kids would hear age-appropriate teaching that those children would grow up to believe and know that God loves them, cares about them, has a plan and a purpose for their life. And so that's what we ask those kids, those teachers over there to do. And I would just say this to, to you guys as ushers, anybody else in here that serves, wherever you serve, that whenever you see someone, man, you begin to pray for them. I, I've shared this before. I've, there's been times I'll be in here teaching and God will put somebody in front of me in here on my heart and I'll begin to pray for that person while I'm teaching. <clears throat> and, it, and it's one of those things where I just go, God, you know, for whatever reason, I begin to pray for them while I'm teaching, going through a message. But it's like, 
Prayer is like breathing. And that's what Paul is saying. He goes, man, pray about everything. Pray about everything. You know, don't, don't let it be just certain things. I had someone ask me this past week, you know, you know, is it too much to ask for prayer for me on something? I was like, no, God wants you to pray. Jesus prayed for himself. He was in the garden. He prayed. Father, can this cup pass from me? You know, not my will be done, God, but your will be done. And so Jesus prayed for himself. He prayed for us. He prayed for us in John chapter 17. So Jesus was praying. And so we ought to pray about everything. And so here's, here's a couple of things. We talk about peace, his peace. So peace, this next one here, peace from God is Jesus. Our peace comes to us as a gift from God. So the peace that we have been offered is the Son of God. And so the peace of God that, that we talk about, so peace from God is the gift. So when Jesus, that song we just got through singing and every other song that we did this morning, our goal is to, is to make King Jesus famous. And so what we want to do is we want to take the time to worship him and to honor him and to thank him for leaving heaven to come here to, to literally purchase us with his precious blood. And so what we do is we see that God loved us. It's kind of a John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God loved us, so he sent the gift. We're at Christmas, right? We're about to enter into the Christmas season. And so many people will be thinking about gifts. Some of you guys have already made out a Christmas gift list, right? Anybody made a Christmas gift list out? Yeah, there's a hand. Somebody's honest. Nobody else is like, no. No, I bet you have, but you've already made out a Christmas gift list because you want something. And so here's the thing is, God is saying, hey, listen, I've sent the greatest gift the world will ever receive, my son Jesus. And so Jesus is a gift from God to this world, and he provides the way, and he offers the way of salvation. Now look at the second one. That's peace from God. Peace with God is a relationship that we enter into with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ, the work he did on the cross. So here's, here's what that is. So the peace with God comes whenever I put my faith in what Jesus Christ has done in the finished work of the cross. So whenever I realize, you know what, man, I have messed up, I have blown, I'm a sinner, I've fallen short of God's standard, it's perfection, and I needed a Savior. And so the gift came from, from heaven, that was Jesus. So Jesus goes to the cross, we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ, and so he's born in this manger scene. He grows up to become a man. He performs all kinds of miracles. He does incredible teaching where he presents the gospel. And then he would literally go to the cross and he would lay down. He was choose to lay down his life on a cross and be pierced for your sin, my sin, our transgressions. And he would bleed out his precious blood and he would die on that cross. And he would say, it is finished. And they would run a spear into his side and blood and water would pour forth from the side of Jesus and they were making sure that he was dead. And they would, take the, they would take Jesus' body and they would lay it in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, the, by the power of God, he would be resurrected. And he would defeat death. He would defeat the grave. He would defeat hell. And he would defeat sin. And he would offer to you and to me eternal life by us putting our faith in him. Not by anything that I do. Not by any works that I do. But by the finished work of the cross that Christ did. And so we have peace with God, not because of anything I do, but because of what Jesus did. And so you and I can have, the, have peace with God because of what Christ did, only by receiving that incredible gift. And then here's the third peace. Peace of God is a peace that is on guard over our heart and our mind. That's what Paul is writing about here in Philippians. He's talking about the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. He's saying the, the peace of God. Well, guard your hearts and your minds. 
And so we're to give thanks. We're to, we're, you know, we're, we're to be thankful. Hopefully, you know, we're thankful every day. We're thankful for our jobs. We're thankful for our family. We're thankful for friends. We're thankful for breath in our lungs. We're thankful for health. We're thankful for the rain. But we, we, we develop this mentality that, you know, we're, we're thankful for things. And so instead of worrying about things, we begin to be thankful for things. Instead of fretting over things, we begin to give God thanks and give Him glory, and we thank Him for whatever it might be, no matter what we're going through. We choose to say, God, I'm, I'm going to give you thanks no matter what I'm going through. I heard a guy say one time, he was an incredible leader. His name was Billy Hornsby. And he literally said one time, he said, you know, he said, he, he developed cancer. He ended up dying of cancer a few years ago. But he said, if I'd known cancer was going to give me this many opportunities to share the gospel, I'd have said, God, I'll, you know, give me cancer earlier in life. Man, you talk about somebody that was thankful. For just the privilege of being able to share the gospel. That is amazing. Look at what it says here in Philippians. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. He said, hey, listen, fix your thoughts on Christ. Fix your thoughts on those things that are good, those things that are praiseworthy. He's going, fix your thoughts on these things. And too often what we do is we fix our thoughts on things that may go wrong. We fix our thoughts on, hey, what if it doesn't go the way I want it to go? We fix our thoughts on negativity and chaos and, and the media or whatever it might be that's offering all this negative news rather than the hope and the promise that we see in Scripture. And so too often what we do is we focus on those things. But it says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts. In other words, you fix them. In other words, it's almost like you attach to that. And I'm not going to change, I'm not going to move around, bouncing around. I'm fixing it right here. I'm focused on what is true. Back it up just a second. On what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What's worthy of praise? Anything that gives God glory and honor. And even the struggles that we go through. If someone can give praise for going through cancer, you go, man, that's, that's a whole nother level. Let's move on to the next one. It says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Again, he said, hey, listen, follow my example. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Paul is reminding them of what? To focus on Jesus. He's already said, hey, listen, man, stay focused on Jesus. Let Jesus be what you focus on. Let it be about him. And what we do oftentimes, we focus on other things. We focus on the wrong things. We focus on this world. But we said this, you know, last week. Our focus determines, can determine our direction. But I would add this week, my focus determines my direction and my peace. So my, my focus determines not only the direction that I'm going. In other words, if I stay focused in this direction, if I, if I look in this direction, then I'm going to go in that direction. If I look over this way, I'm going to tend to go that way. But my focus will also impact my peace. If my focus is on Christ, I have peace that passes understanding. That's what Paul called it. I got peace that people don't understand. How can you be going through such a tough time or a difficult time and be filled with peace? Now, it doesn't mean that we don't shed a tear here or there. But we have peace. We know, you know what, God's got this. He's in control. God has this. And so look at what it says here in Romans. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, God can change our whole mindset. He can change our mentality. He can change everything about us. He changes our heart. He changes our actions. He changes our heart. He changes our language. He changes our heart. He changes our focus. He changes our heart. He changes everything. He, and we begin to say, you know what? I'm going to focus on that which matters and that which is eternal. I'm not going to focus on these things that don't really matter. Look at the next part here. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, 
which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I hear people all the time say, man, Mike, I just want to know what God's will for my life is. He just gave it to you right there, right? Man, don't focus on the pattern of this world, but focus on Christ. Focus on God. What does God have for me? And then you will know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Everybody wants to be in God's perfect will. Yesterday I was praying with a gentleman who his dad's going through a tough time physically. And we said, God, we want your will to be done. If you heal him, ultimately that means to take him home to be with you. But God, if you want to heal him physically, we just want your will to be done. And, and so we've got to have that mentality. So Paul is saying, hey, listen, man, you've got to be focused on, on those things that matter. Focus on the, the truth of God's word. Focus on Jesus. And then Paul moves to thanking them for their gifts. He's thanking the, the people for their gifts that they've sent. He said, listen, man, you've got to stay focused on Jesus. You've got to stay focused on him. There's things in this world that will get, you know, kind of try to rob us of, of attention. You know, I think back to when Jesus was praying, whenever we look back and we see Jesus praying in, in John chapter 17, his father, he, go, he says, Father, let us be one. You know, let them be one as we are one. Talking about he and the Father being one. So we have that mentality. You know, God, help us to be one. Help us to be unified. And we know that there's all types of factions that pop up. These ladies that had the disagreement. You know, and he said, hey, let's get that worked out. And too often it happens in churches is people will argue over whether or not to move or whether or not to relocate or whether or not to do this or whether or not to do that. And they have differing opinions and say, you know, you know what, we're just going to split. And I, and, I, and I know that God desires that the church would be focused and it would be one. But too often our focus is on what we want. And our focus is on what, you know, we think is comfort and what we feel like is the best idea. Rather than going, God, what do you want? Asking God for direction. Asking God for, God, show me what you want. And so here Paul moves to thanking them for their gifts to the church. He's, he said, hey, listen, man, if you want to have peace of mind that guards your hearts and your mind, you gotta, you got to thank God for everything. And you got to pray for everything. And he says, bring your prayers and your supplication, in other words, your request to him. But whenever you give him thanks in other words whenever you bring this to him you're going to go ahead and thank him for what he's going to do not what he's already done but also what he's going to do and you know, like in just a few weeks we will be doing what we call celebrate the miracles it's december the 13th and celebrate the miracles is where we celebrate what god has done in this year what he's doing now and what he has in store for us in the future and so those are three things that we gather together and we're going to do it in two services that day and, uh, and so Celebrate the Miracles is our once a year where we gather together. We take up the big give offering. We'll talk about that. And then we, what we do is we celebrate what God has done, what he's done in the past, what he's doing now in, our, in the present, and what he's going to do in the future. And so we take the time to celebrate those things. So Paul, he's thanking them for their gifts. He, he's thanking them for what they're doing. So look, look at Philippians 4.10 here. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. And I know you have always been concerned for me. But you didn't have the, the, uh, the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. What Paul is saying, listen, I've learned to be content. Now, that, that's something that's rare in this day and age. It seems like it is contrary to the American dream because we always want more, right? We get something, we start thinking about the next thing we want. Some of you uh, guys may have done some Black Friday shopping. Anybody do any Black Friday shopping? Why are y'all doing like this? Like, yeah, we're here. All right, so we've done some Black Friday shopping because you maybe got what you want. Or maybe you got something for somebody else. Maybe you were giving a gift. And so you got something for somebody else. You may have got something for you. I don't know. But the thing is, is what we did, we did a little shopping. We were looking for something. But Paul is saying, hey, listen, man, I have learned to be content with no matter what I have. If I have a lot, if I have a little, it doesn't matter. He goes, I've learned to be content. 
And so the thing is, is what we struggle with is everything that we see with our eyes is promoting the latest greatest. Whether it's a phone, whether it's a car, whether it's a truck, whether it's a house, whether it's a you know technology, what, or clothes, whatever. It's the late. It's always we we become you know inundated with all this, where we're just constantly barraged with this. And it's all hey, you got to have this if you really want to fit in. If you really want to be cool, you got to have this, right? But Paul is saying, hey, listen, man, I've learned to not focus on this world. He's the one that wrote Romans twelve too. He said, I've learned to focus on something that lasts forever. Not that I have learned, he says, I have learned the the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now let me just pause right here on Philippians 4.13. That's a verse that we often use, like in sports and stuff. Man, I can go out and I can pitch a no-hitter type type deal. And and I understand that people often want to use that verse to to motivate themselves to, to do, I can do it because of Christ. And I know that's a lot of athletes' favorite verse. But here's the thing is, Paul is saying, hey, you know, it's because of Christ and the strength of Christ that it's not about me. It's not about me going out and doing, you know, winning a ball game. It's not about me pitching a no-hitter or or throwing for 400 yards. It's not about me making that that last three-pointer. What he's saying is it's, it's about changing me to where I'm content in every circumstance. He says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. All of this is because of that. Even so, you have, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first, bought you, when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from, on from Macedonia. No other church did this. He said nobody else did, did anything like this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help uh, more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive the reward, a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more, and I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Ephroditus, and they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. And so Paul was a missionary. Here's Paul. He was a missionary on a mission. And he was on a mission to share the gospel. And so what Paul is saying, hey, listen, man, I'm not doing this, and I'm not, I'm not saying thanks for this, and I'm not trying to milk you guys for anything else. But what he's saying, hey, listen, I want to commend you for giving because it's good for you to be a giver. And he's saying that. I, I want you guys to understand that. But he was a missionary on a mission. He, was, he lived to share the gospel. Paul had said, hey, listen, man, I've had everything. I've had prestige. Remember, he talked about that in, in the last couple of chapters. He said, man, I've had everything. Hebrew among Hebrews, man, education like you wouldn't believe. All that is garbage compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ. He said, there's nothing like knowing Jesus. And he said, man, all of that stuff is garbage. It doesn't matter anymore. So he's on a mission. He said, all that matters right now is sharing the good news. Is the gospel going forward. Is lives being changed. Souls being saved. Because here's the thing. People will serve. Well, they will spend an eternity in one of two places. A place called heaven, a place with God, or a place called hell separated from God. And what Paul is saying, listen, man, I have got to be about the mission. That is the Great Commission. That is taking the message of the gospel to every person, sharing with them. Hopefully one of them will put their faith in Christ, and they'll, they'll trust Jesus to save them. And they will receive the gift that becomes peace with God, and they'll be guarded. Their mind and their heart will be guarded because of that relationship, and they'll have the peace of God literally guarding them. 
So Paul said, hey, that's why I exist. That's what I do. That's what I'm about. Paul had learned to be content in every situation. He didn't have need. He, he, he had learned to be content, right? He had learned to be content. What if we could learn that? That we're content. We're good. Hey, if this is all that God has for me, I'm good with that. If God has more, man, I'm good with that. If God expects more of me, I'm good with that. But man, I want to be content. What if we could get to that point? And so Paul says, hey, listen, man, I've learned to be content in every situation. Here's the other thing. Look at this next one. In order to be content with all things, he needed the strength of Jesus Christ. The only way you get there is through a relationship with Christ. It's just not natural for us to be satisfied and to be content, not with this flesh that hangs on us, because we're always wanting stuff. Now, I'll be honest with you, man, I, I got online, you know, was looking at some of the Black Friday stuff, and, and make it even worse, I wasn't looking for anybody else. I was looking for stuff for me. Do y'all do that? Am I the only one? I mean, I mean, I'm looking for stuff for me. I was going to you know, like Bass Pro Shopping Academy and, you know, Shields and some of the sporting goods stores. I was looking at that kind of stuff. My wife don't shop there. You know what I'm saying? So that's the bad thing about it. A lot of times we make it about us. And we've got to be able to say, you know what? It's not about me. God, I want to be content with whatever I've been given. I want to be content in all circumstances. And Paul was. But it takes the power of Christ to get there. It's the only way. It's Jesus. It's that... It's having that relationship with Christ. It's that focus on Christ. It's knowing that, man, Jesus is all I need. We sang it earlier. He's the best. He's better than anything. He's the best that we could get. And why would we keep looking for something more whenever we've got the best there is? Man, He can change my life. He can change my circumstances. He can change everything. And, and here we, we take up an offering here. We call it the Big Give here at Journey Church. The big give offering that we do here, and we'll, we'll take this up on December the 13th. We do it every year. Last year we took up $71,000, which is amazing, that goes towards missions and ministries. So it's our offering that supports missionaries and ministries sharing the gospel, just as the Philippians gave to support Paul's mission to share the good news. So what we do is we ask the church to give above and beyond and to give sacrificially. Now, sacrifice means you got skin in the game, right? It means it costs you something. That you give up something to sacrifice means you sacrifice something to be a blessing to someone else. And what the church had done, Philippi had, had, had sacrificed. They had taken up money and they had given to bless Paul and to further the ministry. It was like, hey, listen, man, go share the gospel. Go build churches, Paul. Go, go tell people about Jesus. Man, we want to support you and invest in you. And they said he did it over and over and again. They, they, they did it more than once. And so what we do is we take this, this offering... That we take together, we, we come together and we give it every year. And we do it at Celebrate the Miracles where we're celebrating what God has done. I mean, even in this year, we've had numbers of people that have put their faith in Christ. People that have gone through the waters of baptism. And so we've had an incredible year in spite of COVID, in spite of it being 2020. Lives have been changed forever, for eternity. And so with that offering, what we do is we ask God to bless it and to use it. And so even like this past year, we've been able to support ministries that in some ways weren't able to do what they've done in the past we got a ministry that we support that goes and builds churches in brazil and you know they said you know what man we can't do that but we can feed people and we can share the gospel through the churches that have been built and, and they've been able to do things in africa this morning i had a friend of mine posting some stuff on facebook from over in africa they've had to do things a little bit different but we still support these missionaries and these mission uh, these guys that are doing ministry all over the globe and you and I get to come together and, and, and give to that. 
So I want, I want to ask you, if you would, to be praying about, how, hey, how can I give above and beyond, and how can I give to be support, you know, the Big Give offering? Even this morning, we got a, a, a life group that is taking pictures, you know, because some of you guys are going to have, want Christmas pictures. Whatever donations are given goes to the Big Give. There's little things like that that we do. And so I'll just tell you this, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. There's a guy who wrote a book, and I can remember reading that book, and he was talking about how the, in the very beginning of the book, he's, at a, he's speaking at, a, at an event, and uh, there was a missionary that got up and spoke, and the Lord told him, he said, hey, I want you to give your honorarium to that guy. And he's like, do what, Lord? <laughs> he said, I got a wife and kids. And he said, I want you to give your, your honorarium to that missionary. And so anyway, so he writes out, out a check, and he, gives a, or he, he signs over the check and gives it to that missionary and told him, hey, man, I just want to bless your ministry. So they go, and they're eating at this pizza hut afterwards. And uh, anyway, so the guy who was one of the deacons there at the church, one of the elders at the church, is sitting across from him, and he's just kind of staring at the pastor who had been speaking there and had the honorarium that he gave away. And the guy said, uh, he leaned over to him, he said, how much does the church give you? And he's like, excuse me? He said, it was kind of awkward, kind of caught me off guard. And he said, he said, they were very generous. And he goes, he goes, let me see the check. And the guy goes, excuse me? <laughs> like, what in the world is wrong with this guy? And the guy said, uh, he said, do you have the check? And he goes, I think my wife's got it. He said, I lied to him. I ain't going to lie to you. I lied to him. He got up and he said he walked over and he, uh, he t- asked his wife. He said, hey, how's the pizza? She said, she said, it's fine. It looked at me like I was crazy. He said, I walked back over. And he said, he said uh, you know, it's probably in the truck or something like that. And he goes, you don't have it, do you? And he goes, no, I don't. He said, what'd you do with it? He said, did you give it to the missionary? He goes, I did. He said, that guy gave him like four times what the honorarium was supposed to have been. He said, I realize you can't out give God. Well, that guy ended up writing this whole book on how he just kept giving and God just kept blessing. He said, man, I'm just telling you, you can't out give God. And maybe some of you that, you, you know, we, we think, I need to hold on to this. God said, no, you need to let it go. You need to understand what it means to give. There's something about giving that we can't get from holding on to stuff. We've got to give it away. And there's people who get, and they want more, right? And they get, and they want more. But there's something about giving that there's satisfaction. And there's a joy that you don't get any other way. And so here's some next steps, maybe for you. Make a strained relationship right today by giving forgiveness away. By saying, you know what? I want to forgive. Maybe there's somebody that when we talked about that earlier, you knew that God was saying, you need to take the step. You need to make this relationship right. You need to forgive as Jesus has forgiven you. And so maybe for some of you, maybe there's somebody out there watching online, you need to forgive someone. Today, you need to make a phone call. Maybe you need to take them to lunch. Maybe you just need to go and say, hey, listen, I want to ask you to forgive me. I've been toting this around, this bitterness, this anger, this resentment has been robbing me all these years, and I want to ask you to forgive me. You don't have any control over what they do, but you do have control over what you do. Here's the second one. Make peace with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. The most important decision you can make today is to put your faith in Christ for salvation. It's not to, to try to fix anything. It's to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. The only way that we get to the point where we are content, like Paul said, is through the power of Christ at work in us. And the only way that we can be right with God and have peace with God is accepting the gift of salvation that is Jesus Christ. That we say, Jesus, I don't want to bring anything to the table. I just want to ask you, if you will, will you forgive me of my sins? Will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? 
I confess to you that I've sinned, I've messed up, I've blown it, and I'm asking you to forgive me. And his answer is yes, I'll forgive you. Then we were to repent. We, we quit living the way we've been living. We said, Jesus, I want to live for you. Jesus, will you teach me how to live for you? He says, his answer is yes. And so maybe for some of you today, you need to receive the gift, the, the gift of Jesus Christ. You need to receive eternal life. It's not anything that you can earn. You try to earn it, you cheapen it. But if you receive it, you glorify it. And the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices if one calls on Jesus to be redeemed. Here's the third one. Be a giver that gives sacrificially so that missionaries can, can fulfill their mission. That you believe in the kingdom. You believe in what Jesus died for. You believe in such a way that you go, you know what, I want to give sacrificially. And you begin to pray now. Maybe you go home and you talk with your family. Hey, listen, this is what I feel like God has put on our heart to give, on my heart to give to the big give. Or, hey, this is what I want to do to raise money to give to the big give because I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that there are missionaries who need our support. And there are people all over the world that will hear the good news because of this gift. And I want to challenge you. Trust Jesus on it. Maybe you're here today. And God has spoken to you about something that needs to change. Maybe it's forgiveness for someone. Maybe it's to receive forgiveness from Jesus himself and receive Christ for salvation. Or maybe it's to give and make it about somebody else, not you this time. Let me ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. Just ask Jesus, Jesus, what do I need to do today? Maybe you're watching online. Just say, Jesus, what do I need to do today? If you don't know him personally, if you don't have a relationship, if you don't have peace with God, then let that be the main thing you do today. You just say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life. Jesus, I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my Lord. Jesus, I confess to you that I've sinned. I've messed up. I've blown it. Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me. And he will. Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life and to lead me. He places the Holy Spirit within you to lead you, to guide you, to teach you, and to comfort you. So, Jesus, I want to live for you from this point forward. That's committing your life to him. You need to do that right now. And if you've done that, man, we want to know. If you're watching online and you've done that, man, text, you know, my decision, 94,000. Man, we, we want to know. We want to walk with you. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Maybe you're here in the room and you, you ask Christ to come into your life today. There's been people doing that nearly every week the last few weeks. Maybe some of you in this room have made that decision. You asked Christ to come into your life. If you did, if you don't mind, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I've asked Jesus to come into my life today. Just raise your hand and say, Mike, I asked Christ to come into my life. Anybody in the room? Anybody? It looks like most of us in here are believers. So what, what Paul would say to us is, hey, let's live like it. Let's give like it. And let's be a blessing to others. And let's live in such a way that the rest of the world knows that we're his followers. And that we love him. And that we trust Him. We're not walking around worrying. We're not walking around fretting. We're walking around with peace. We're walking around filled with joy. Father, use us as your vessels. Father, I thank you for loving us today. I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for changing lives. And God, I, I, I pray that we will live in such a way that we honor you and we glorify you. And as Paul said last week, God, we will be ambassadors for Christ, not enemies of the cross. So God, use us this week to be a good representation of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for such an incredible message, Pastor Mike. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it's the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. 
If you'll text the phrase, my decision, to the number 94,000, we would love to help you as you began this journey with Christ. Now we're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to trust God completely in this area of your life. And we do that through our giving. Now we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church Giving page. There you can return God's tithe and your offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have several videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue to make an increasing impact for the gospel. And so take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience.